0: You're listening to a sermon on the Mission Ridge Church podcast. Hang around after the message for more information about Mission Ridge Church. Sermon notes for this message or any of our other messages can be found through our website, missionridge.church. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Before I get into my sermon, my family for Christmas Eve, my dad's side of the family, used to always do white elephant gift exchange. And my aunt and my uncle, not married, would like one up each other every year. And it was always at my aunt's house. And one year she decided that she was going to booby trap the gift so that when he ended up picking it, it exploded beans everywhere, like dried lentil beans And, like, for years later, we were finding lentil beans at her house. It was amazing. So, I don't know if I... (laughs) I know. As I finished that story, I'm like, Lori is going to hate me for even suggesting or putting that thought into people's heads. So, um, but it was quite the joy. And it was, like, it always ended up in whipped cream fights. I don't... It was chaos, but it was fun. So let's dive back into our series instead of my family history. Um, (laughs) uh, We have been each week talking about how Advent is a time of preparation and reflection and anticipation in the darkest day of the year to celebrate the arrival of the light of the world. And so today we are on our fourth week at Mission Ridge, third week of Advent, And I get to talk about joy. And I think a lot of times joy and happiness kind of get intertwined and we assume that they're the same thing. And so I thought before we get too far, I would kind of disconnect those two. Um, Happiness in my definition is is a pursuit. It's the, the pursuit of happiness. It's the American dream. Um, it's getting the promotion. It's shooting your shot with a guy and it actually working. Um, it's having a baby. <laughs> it's finally retiring and getting to travel. Uh, I know my parents have been looking at RVs because they cannot wait to have that be something they get to do. And I also think that happiness can be found in small moments as well. Like uh, I put my winter coat on for the first time and found 20 bucks in the pocket. I was like, whoo, yes. Uh, or getting like the perfect cup of coffee when like there's just the right amount of sweetener and just the right amount of coffee and uh, that's different for everyone. Or if you're Rob, it's like hitting all the green lights as you're going down Reserve Street. like. <laughs> perfection. Um, but happiness tends to be circumstantial. It, it's like Shonda and I got in a very heated discussion a few weeks ago, and she's like, you don't care about my happiness. And I'm like, you're right. I don't. Uh, I was like, I can care, care about you being healthy and whole and emotionally like mature. Uh, happiness for you is... The cup of coffee was good, and then you got a stomachache from the cup of coffee, so you're not happy anymore. Like, and I think that's kind of like, for teenagers, it's definitely like this, but it still kind of is like that for adults, too. Like, we still have this circumstantial happiness, and so um, before we fully dive into joy's happiness, I thought we would look at the book of James, and it says, Consider it joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So I read a book this week. Um, I'm going to share my nerdery with you guys. Um, I read the number of books for the year I'm turning every year. It's one of the things that just makes me so happy. Uh, So I'm turning 39 in May, for 2021, I'm this close to reading 52 books. And I'm like, oh, let's do it. Uh So I'm reading like as many like short books as possible. <laughs> so I had this um short booklet that came out from a uh, pastor out of Portland. Um, his name is John Mark Comer. And it was a 30-page book. And it was on joy. And I was like, oh, I didn't mean to like pick up a book about joy as I was. um, But this is his quote about joy. The joy James is talking about here is a far cry from the American pursuit of happiness. It's a joy that, while not aloof or unaffected by circumstance, goes beyond them. It does not require our external world to be okay in in order for our internal world to be okay. It's a joy that can only come from one source— Participation in the inner life of the Trinity. It's a joy that we see on display in the Trinity's second member, Jesus, who said that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, joy isn't based on external circumstances. It dwells within us. Joy is outside of our circumstances, whereas happiness tends to be fleeting. And Advent reminds us that joy has a name. Joy came down to be with us and is in us. And we can have that, the joy in the finished work of Jesus at the cross and look ahead to the joy of his second coming. Uh, so I just love that joy is in us. Uh, um. A few weeks ago, I was supposed to share my story of um, being a foster parent and the fun of that, and um, then I got sick, so Logan referenced it, but I thought I would share it here because it definitely highlights... Joy and the way it intermingles with sorrow. Um, so in 2016, I became a foster parent. Um, it was supposed to be a temporary thing. Uh, I think that's what they tell all the foster parents, right? Uh, Short term, it, it'll be fine. Um, but the time frame was always changing. So over the 10 months, the girls were gonna be reunited with their family and then they were going to stay with me. And then they were gonna be reunited with their family and then they were gonna stay with me. So at the end of November, I was told that they would be moving back home in January to live with their family like that. It was finally like it was gonna be done. So I knew that I wanted to make this Christmas special. Um, I had, they had told me before that Christmas wasn't really a big deal in their house because they never had any money. And so Christmas was never something that was exciting or worthwhile for them. Um, And so I knew I wanted to cram, like, a million things into this one, like, four-week period. Um, I wanted to make sure that they understood what hope was and peace and joy and love. And I also wanted to fill it with wonder. Like, they were nine, no, they were 10 and 11, so they were still, like, just delighting in like all the little things that little girls delight in. Um, so we went and cut down our own tree. I have a picture of it here. Um, I am pretty sure we were not on public land there. So um, I I should have, it should have clicked because we walked over a, like a barbed wire fence to get to the tree. <laughs> But, um, and then I had them watch Charlie Brown's Christmas for the first time, and um, White Christmas, which they did not understand why I liked it so much, and I'm like, because it's the best movie ever. Um, We went hunting for the best Christmas lights display, which, if you're wondering, it's Nicole Street up in the Miller Creek area. They have a whole street. and I couldn't wait to take them to a Christmas Eve service because I was concerned about them having open flames, but I was excited to share that hope of Jesus with them. Um, there are more pictures. Um, so, uh, But even in the midst of all the, the silliness and the fun, my heart was breaking because I knew that they were going to be going home And I also knew that their home wasn't safe. Um, And so, but often being a foster parent means that your heart gets broken so your kids' hearts can heal. Um, And so, this Christmas was my first experience of that breaking. But it was also my first experience getting to pass on traditions and excitement. And um, I was so, I had so much fun just, having everything on their list checked off. And um, we did um, matching Christmas, I almost said outfits, but those are pajamas. Um, And they loved them, as you can tell. Um, And so I was told that they were going to be with me for Christmas and that I was going to have the Christmas break with them, and then after that, they were going to go home. And then four days before Christmas... They're like, never mind, that's changed. The girls are going to go with their family. And they're going tomorrow. Okay, so I, like, booked it into gear, and that night became Christmas Eve. And um, I had the girls open their pajamas, and then they got to open one more gift. And uh, they had so, like, they were squealing and, like, screaming over, like, an RC car that cost me, like, $10. And, like, I didn't want to spend too much money on a hydro flask for Shonda because I knew she was going to lose it. (laughs) Yep. Uh, She's lost, like, six since then. (laughs) Uh, So I bought her, like, the smallest hydro flask I've ever seen. And I was like, isn't it so cute? It's, like, the perfect size for you to lose later. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And they, like, I have a video of them. And they're just, like... You, yeah, it's pure, unadulterated joy. Um, and so, but the whole time they're opening presents and we're enjoying the Christmas tree and we're enjoying the joy of Christmas, there's this sorrow of knowing that they're going to be gone tomorrow, knowing that they're leaving. And I'm fully embracing the fact that this is our only Christmas together um, Haley it was smaller than that bear, uh, and she would carry it on her back. <laughs> it was great. Uh, so the next day after having this wonderful, amazing Christmas Eve and letting them open all their Christmas presents at like four in the morning, they woke me up. Uh, I dropped them off at their family for two weeks and, um, My mom was ready to fly me home for Christmas, which (laughs) as you can imagine, that ticket was not cheap. And I was like, no, mom, I'm going to stay here. I want to be close in case they need me. I I feel like I need to be close. And so I spent Christmas Day crying and grieving the fact that they weren't with me. Uh, I watched Star Wars like all day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then I went over to Jen's house and we played games and got to eat delicious food, and I went up to Big Fork and hung out with my best friend and her family. So like, even in the midst of the sorrow, there was joy. Um, so even though it was one of the hardest Christmas seasons I think I've lived through, it was also one of the sweetest. It didn't go at all like I expected it to. Um, but it was the first time I got to pass Traditions and create Christmas memories with them, which was so sweet. Um, uh, and as many of you know, the girls didn't end up leaving. So really, that was the first time of this like joy and sorrow kind of intermingling and having to work together. And it makes me think of the movie Inside Out. Um, if you've seen it, like joy is like trying to push sadness away the whole time. And then, like, once they, like, learn how to work together and how she learns how to accept sadness, it's like this sweet, there's this sweetness. <sighs> um, and I think there's been a lot of times in the last almost six years of being a foster parent where I've, I've wondered why. Like, why are these, there are these trials? Why is there this constant sorrow that it seems to be? And I think we get the answer to that further down in James. So I'm going to read the first part again and just keep going. Um, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may may be complete, mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Uh, We consider the trials... And the sorrow, joy, because of what it produces in us, because of how God gets to mature us through it. Um, The Greek word here for persevere is hypomone, which means persevere, endurance, steadfastness. It's like this resiliency to continue going, even when it's hard. It's an inner strength that comes from the Lord. And that keeps us moving forward, even when we might be ready to stop. And it's not like this, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just power through. It's like a hope that sits on you and like sits in you, not just for the future, but for today. And I think we see that most clearly in Hebrews 12, where it says, let us run the race with endurance, hypomone." The race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that laid before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Again, we see that joy isn't about happenstance. It's not about those happy circumstantial moments. It's about perseverance. It's about remaining connected to the Lord in the midst of trials. The joy set before him. I don't think the joy set before the Lord was just getting back to being on the right hand of God. I think the joy that was set before him was you and I. I think he looked at us and said, you are the joy that I am doing this for. Uh, In almost the six years that I have been a foster parent, the trials and sorrows have been numerous. I have outlasted many counselors and caseworkers who just won't even work in foster care anymore because of this case. And I think the only reason I've been able to continue is because I know that I have the Lord with me, that I have His perseverance, that He has given me the strength. And honestly, I sit out here, or (laughs) I don't sit out here, I see you sitting out there, and I know that this year has been, and I know that there's been trials that you've faced this year that have been difficult, and I want you to remind, to remind you that keep going, keep persevering, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I think that's a beautiful reminder of our implication this week. Advent reminds us that joy is not dependent on our circumstance. Our joy comes from the Lord. So this Advent, we can rest in the fact that our joy is found in relationship with Jesus. That the external pressures like COVID or finances or family drama that's going to happen in a few weeks at Christmas, like it can't take away our joy. Um, the economy can't take away our joy. Um, I read in the same little short booklet that I busted through, so I'm at like 47 books. Um, it's, there's another quote that says, God has a corresponding joy for every trial we find ourselves in. This joy we have, the world did not give to us. The world cannot take away. Circumstances did not give us this joy, so circumstances cannot take it away. God has a joy that defies our trials. It's from Charles States. So I have a few advantageous action steps. When I practiced this like sermon a few times, every single time I butchered advantageous. So I didn't even need to tell you that. Welcome. Um, so the first <laughs> action step is to create space to feel the full range of emotions. Um, Don't check out. Persevere. Like, uh, I don't really like sitting in hard things, so a lot of times I will turn on Netflix. I can check out then. Um, Or I'll deep dive into a book. I'm really good at that. Um, Or there was a season (laughs) that... um, on my sabbath, I would go have coffee with Jen, and then I would be driving up the hill to head home, and all of a sudden, I'd get to like Chief Charlotte because I live above Chief Charlotte, and I'd be like, oh, I need to go somewhere else. Like, I did not want to be at home alone. So I kept like going back down the hill, like, oh, I need to go to the grocery store, or oh, I forgot I need to run this errand, and like, For weeks, I did that. Sometimes multiple times, like I'd get back up the hill and I'd be like, nope, I'm not. (laughs) I'm turning down the hill to go the other way. (laughs) uh, So finally, I think God was like, seriously, how long are we going to do this? I'm like, maybe forever. I don't know. (laughs) But not surprisingly, like as I was trying to avoid all the hard feelings, like that chapter was pretty, it didn't have very much joy either because I kind of felt like I was going through the motions which our first week Logan talked about when you compress things like an audio it makes it sounds a little distorted and so you can't hear the full range of motion Um, and so yeah see so this is what it's supposed to look like And instead, when it's compressed, it's like that. So when we try to not feel the hard feelings, we often don't get to feel the high feelings. Um, Another example, which I'm sorry if I shoot your eye out. uh, (laughs) I won't, I promise, (laughs) um, is a rubber band. Like rubber bands are supposed to be able to stretch, right? Right. Um, but if we try to compress the feelings, then they just go like that. So when I... Oh, that actually still went pretty far. Uh, (laughs) I should have tested this before. But if I let it fully extend, oh, I don't know where that went. Uh, It went further, though. So that's the point, right? Like, when we are able to feel our full range of emotions... (laughs) Ruth, duck... (laughs) I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, it, when we feel our full range of emotions, we can feel joy in a new way. It's not compressed. It's not pushed down. It's not ignored. Um, so my challenge is don't check out. Don't find the newest Netflix thing to binge or escape. Uh, persevere. Keep going through it towards joy, towards Jesus. And our second advantageous action item is spend time leaning into the Lord and reframing the trials, sorrows, and suffering from the last year into pure joy. Like, James encourages us to consider it pure joy, not if you face many trials, but when you face many trials. So as you're moving towards Jesus in your perseverance, take time to reframe the last year's trials into pure joy and let God mature you in that. Like what a beautiful opportunity that is for him to do that. And thirdly, thirdly, yep. Our third action item is have a discipleship conversation about how you've experienced joy in the midst of suffering. So take that conversation you've had with the Lord to your care group to your life transforming group, to your mentor. Um, we are created to be in a relationship. I mean, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters. Like, we are adopted into the family. And share your joys and sorrows with them, with each other. Like, I love that I have a group that I can do that with. Uh, and I can share what I've learned, and I can encourage, and they can encourage me. And it's It's beautiful. Um, and we have that for each other. So, if you are not in a care group right now, I would encourage you to find one. If you're not in a life transforming group, uh, we have people you can be in that with. Um, uh, and if you, if you don't have a mentor and you would like one, uh, well, we would put you in a life transforming group, I'm sure, but... Uh <laughs> If you have somebody, or if you don't have anybody you want to talk to, like, let us know, and we'll sit down and have coffee with you. Um, So, yeah, uh, we're, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to transition into a time of communion. And, uh, yeah, let's, Father God, I thank you that you are our joy, that we can turn to you in the midst of trials and sorrows, and when it is the bleakest of bleak, And you sustain us. You give us your hope and your peace. And you find delight in us. God, I pray that we would look at our trials differently. That we would look at them as an opportunity for maturity and growth. And uh, a stronger relationship with you and those around us. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Mission Ridge Church podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share if you enjoyed this message. We are a church focused on relational discipleship and located in Missoula, Montana. For more information about Mission Ridge, visit our website, missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas.